and welcome to IOM3 Investigates, the podcast series of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining. We are one of the UK's major science and engineering institutions and our activities are focused on the promotion and development of all aspects of the materials cycle. These include the science, design, engineering and technology of materials, minerals and mining and their practical applications. We facilitate qualifications, professional recognition and development, share knowledge and provide networking services to a global membership and wider community. We hope you enjoy our podcast series. And welcome to IOM3 Investigates. I'm Rupal Mehta, editor of the Institute's member magazines, Materials World and Clay Technology. And today I'm hosting a podcast entitled Packaging Specialists Meets Mining Engineer. We bring together two of our members from different sectors of the IOM3 community onto one platform to discuss common challenges and opportunities. Our guests today are Jude Allen Mim, chair of the IOM3 Packaging Group, with 25 years experience working across a wide range of packaging materials and formats, both as a packaging technologist for a big brand owner and in a creative agency. We also have Alexander Bruce Matheson Fim, committee member of the IM3 Applied Earth Science Group with almost 30 years experience working across all aspects of underground construction and mining. Welcome to you both. Thank you for joining me. So kicking off, it is great to bring together two very diverse sectors that perfectly illustrate the breadth of the IM3 membership. On one hand, we have the extraction of raw materials that are embedded in our everyday lives. And on the other, we have the application of materials in a highly visible consumer and design-led industry. So Jude and Bruce, could you start off both by telling us a bit about your work in your respective sectors, please? Super. Thank you very much for, for having us. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be fun. Um, so I uh, I started as a packaging technologist for Mars and I learned a lot there about what you need to know to make a production line run. Um, so the impact of change, great examples and bad examples. So the things that, you know, you can make a little change and it can make a significant impact uh, in a positive way, but you can also make a little change and it can have quite significant uh, negative impact. But I, I, so I spent a couple of years at, at Mars doing, doing that, and then I moved to the other side of the, the field. So I went to work for a creative agency, um, and my um, my job there was as the production technical person. So I I basically had the fun job of taking designers' ideas and working out how to make them real and putting them out into the real world. It's an amazing, brilliant, challenging, challenging job. We worked on global brands like Budweiser. We worked on local jewels like Hovis and McVitie's. Um, and we also worked with um, startup brands. So brands that are kind of like, you know, we've got this idea where we kind of know where we want to go, but we don't know how to get there. So it's a, a wide range of people with different experiences. And the biggest thing that I learned through that whole time, and I really can't tell you how much I loved the challenges of that of that job, was I got to work on all sorts of packaging formats, every single different type of material. Um, but the biggest thing that I learned was the importance of bringing people together and bringing people together early enough to be able to make changes that were quite significant. Collaboration, communication, and giving people the context were a huge part of my of my job. Uh, when I left there, one of the things I wanted to do was really kind of like focus in on what IOM3, because I'd been a member for years, um, but never really felt like I'd got that engaged with it because life had always been too busy. Um, and I had an opportunity to to get uh, get much more involved in the role of chair of the packaging group. And um, so that's kind of like how I've rounded that whole circle. Thanks, Jude. Um, moving on to you, Bruce. With me, um, I worked in production design, business development and compliance, and then sales for underground excavation equipment, chemicals, and obviously on the projects. The big uh, thing in my career has been moving around a lot because of the nature of the of the industry. So 
by the time my daughter was 13 years old, she'd lived in five countries. We lived in South America, we lived in Europe, we worked in North America, uh, where else was that? Oh, the Far East. Yeah, all over the shop. So, so really it's given, my job has given me a lot of uh, opportunities to travel, see different places, meet different people, and work in different environments, and on a huge, broad variety of, of projects. But interestingly enough, by doing all these different jobs and doing all these different things, what I found, and this is exactly what Jude was saying, was one of the, the big things, and it's one, what, one, what the IOM is um, perfect for, is the ability to translate, the ability to be an engineer speaking to a design person. Because sometimes the production people would say no to something a designer says, but not because they don't want to do it, but just because you're simply not speaking their language. And I think that was one of the initial things that started the relationship with Jude and I. Not that we're having a relationship. Um, <laughs> but, but that was that was one of the things that started the, the friendship because we realized that we did both speak the same language. We, we had that middle ground of being a, an interpreter. And that has, uh, that has really helped us figure out that that's the whole reason this podcast came about, because we realized that there's lots of things that we don't know how to solve. And the other party, the other industry maybe has some small ideas to help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's so true. There's so much about understand, trying to understand other people's point of view. And, you know, it's almost translating all sorts of different different languages to bring it bring it all together. So we we all do better by understanding by understanding each other, and it's interesting the commonalities. That's one of the things that's been really fun about the conversations that Bruce and I have had, uh, where you kind of like we come from very different perspectives, but actually there's so much commonality in it, which is uh, which is really good. And and it all started because because of your magazine actually, RuPaul. So the the magazine, which is. The business, it's great because it covers so many different things and it covers it well and in a readable way. <laughs> I did an article or we did the end of an article about mining engineering and my daughter has gone into the industry. And so we did a little bit of blurb at the end. And I asked the editor who'd helped me with it, who's left now, whether we got any feedback. And, um, and he said, yeah, we did get some feedback. And one of the people who gave some feedback was Jude Allen. And that was how the conversation started. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant because because um, it was looking at you know like what Bruce had been doing in his career, but also what his very fabulous daughter Hannah is doing in um, in her career, and both working in mining. And it was it was so interesting. It was so interesting from a uh, kind of like a, a family perspective but also there was a familiar chord to it I found where I was kind of like reading it and going actually those challenges are, are very similar to some of the things that I see in packaging and also we see in you know, like in all sorts of different areas and sectors across IOM3. Um, so some of the things about challenging the perception of the mining sector and you know, the challenges of recruitment and you know, all of the things that that come with that um, really, really struck a chord. And I thought this sounds like a really good opportunity to have a conversation. Uh, so through um, through the editor, I reached out to, to Bruce and said, I really liked it. Because also, I think sometimes you have to start a conversation and just go, I really liked what you had to say. Do you fancy having a chat? Which we did. And then we had another chat and then we had lunch and now we're here. Um, and then we'll have lunch. It's great. Um, but that it is, I say, it's one of the things that I really love about IOM3 is the fact that, you know, packaging effectively sits sits across a number of different sectors. Um, so there are some really obvious connections. So the, with the Polymer Society or the, you know, kind of like iron and steel, but there are also connections with all sorts of different parts of the the institute that you go yeah who would have thought there would be so much connection with packaging and mining you know, but actually yeah we are both vilified <laughs> in our own ways um and recruitment is challenging and um and maybe there's things that we can learn from from each other so um, so let's start with the vilification thing mm -hmm. because there is the impression and i don't know whether it's really an impression or whether it's 
our impression from sitting where we are. But there is the impression that the public perception of packaging is it is bad. And the public perception of mining is it is bad. And we both know it's not the case. But I wonder how much of, you know, the, the public perception isn't really that mining is bad. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I think you're absolutely right about is that um, we we sometimes, as our as an industry and as a sector, will overthink where the public perception is, and I think that that's absolutely I think that's absolutely right. However, there is a public perception that is is a problem, and and packaging is is one of those things. I I would um, I would say. One of the really interesting things is the use and the misuse of plastic is uh, is a problem, and we know that that's a problem, and that's kind of you know been something that people have been trying within the industry and within the sector have been kind of like working on, thinking about for uh, for a while. And then David Attenborough did Blue Planet Two, and the turtle and the straws and all of that that kind of thing that just absolutely, it was a seismic shift in the way that people saw and thought about it. And it actually went really far to the point where people are like, plastic is awful, this is awful. And, you know, there's a whole war against plastic. Um, and people within the industry are like, oh, that's just too far and it's too much. Blah, blah, blah. But actually, six months down the line from that, you go, the move and the shift that it helped make is really important. So it's it's quite I find it quite funny, the whole thing of the you know like we know that we've got this challenge and we know that we need to make this change. But then somebody does a kind of like a really big spectacular thing about it by David Attenborough and who's not going to believe David Attenborough? Um and they're like, oh that's too much. That's kind of like you know, but actually the effect of it is huge and I don't think I've been to a conference or a talk where it's not been referred to um for the last you know, like two and a half three years because it was so it was so significant and the thing the thing that is really interesting about it is as you say is the conversation and it's about making that conversation accessible to people because the thing that you know, kind of like you know about mining and I know about packaging is the difference that it makes, right? It's kind of like I know the difference that it makes in protecting a product from where it's packed to you know, kind of like you having it in your hands and and that's you know, kind of like it's arrived undamaged, it's reducing waste, all of that kind of stuff. Most people don't think about any of that kind of stuff because they've got loads of other things to think about. So they only think about packaging when it's done its job and they've taken the product out and they're like, what do I do with this now? Oh my God, why is there so much packaging? There's, there's packaging everywhere. And you go, well, because you just buy loads of stuff and it comes in things to protect it so that it's like, um, so I, so it's a kind of like, you know, you've got to make that shift to, to in people's minds so that they, understand it a little bit better and just kind of like go well that is important get that shift changed but I think that most people most people when you talk to them about mining particularly in the UK I'd say most people when you talk to them about mining they think about coal miners they don't particularly think about anything else they think about coal miners they'll probably think about the miner strike they'll probably have a historical image of what like mining is is like hi ho um, hi ho it's off to it we go and, and we and, and that needs to shift so that people do kind of like see it and go actually you know mining is as essential for our shift to a carbon net zero resource situation as packaging is in reducing waste you know it's kind of like we we have to make those shifts but but it's no good just telling people that. You've got to help them see it and understand it and take take them on the journey. Yeah, exactly. And it comes down to the true cost of things. I mean, it's it's like you, you were talking earlier about people buying so much stuff. It's Jevron's paradox, right? People, Jevron with his whole, oh yeah, we've got the steam engine and steam engines are becoming more efficient, so we should need less coal. But no, not at all. You end up needing more coal because people are building more steam engines and keeping it going in that way. 
it's it's the consumption thing. Thank you for that. I think in that discussion, you perfectly illustrated how this podcast came about based on the interaction between you, the two of you um, and how that helped identify common challenges and myths and particularly what you both mentioned, issues around visibility and the value that both your sectors bring. Um, and instead, there's more focus on perhaps the, the negative connotations of both your sectors. That makes me wonder, how does that affect recruitment into both disciplines? One of the things that just fundamentally you have to uh, you have to accept is that it's very difficult to attract people into uh, an industry that is constantly being vilified. You know, it's kind of like you can't motivate people from a wholly negative position. Um, well, it's, so it's, we need it's being vilified so get that. or it's invisible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. So it's, so the the answer to both of those things is giving people context and positivity about what what we're doing and what the roles are within the um within the industries so some of the things that um within packaging for instance so i would i would say there's you know so many people that i know within the packaging world who will say didn't know this career exist found myself in this uh in this sector by accident absolutely love it it is so, you know, once you're in it, you're in it and people love it because the challenges are really real. It's very, um, it's very fast moving. It's very kind of like in people's hands and it does make a, it does make a big difference. Um, but people don't know that it exists because they don't think about it. So one of the things that um, that we do need to try and do is make sure that there's a bit more um, there's a bit more outreach, but also a bit more connectivity. So one of the things that um, when I did a materials degree, there was absolutely no talk about sustainability. I'm ancient, but um, now when you do a, a materials degree, then sustainability is woven through that. And packaging is one of the products that's talked about quite a lot in those uh, in those materials degrees as examples. So you kind of like people with because it's a really live and visible example. But then people don't know that there's a career that goes with that because at the careers fairs, it's like you know, you're aerospace people or you kind of like, you know, you're big engineering uh, companies, whereas packaging is a bit more disparate, really. Um, there's so many different different parts to it. And we need to do a bit more of a kind of like a unified thing of putting ourselves forwards in a really, you know, kind of like a positive selling marketing perspective, which always sounds really awful. And most people who work in the in the industry are like, well, we just want to get on and do the job and do do what we do. And which is fantastic, but you also need to tell people about it because otherwise you are the author of your own demise by just getting on and doing things and not telling people what it's what it's about. So I think there's a bit of that. That's one of the things I think the, the IOM3 packaging group, that's one of the things that we've been trying to make sure that we do. You know, like my, um, my driver is to try and make it accessible, try and help people to understand what we're doing, and also to help people have the ammunition to be able to have the conversations with people. Because, I, Bruce, I don't know what it's like with mining, but honestly, anytime I go anywhere and talk to people about the fact that I work in packaging, there is always a conversation <laughs> that comes around about, oh, so what about this and what about that? And it used to be, how do you open this? Why can't I get into this packet? And now it's about sustainability, which I think is a really positive change. But arming people to be able to have those conversations is really important um, and moving them moving them forwards um, so that it's kind of like, you know, yeah, think about the challenges that packaging can make. Um, it can make good things happen. So the reduction of waste is huge. You know, it's kind of like the impact of, impact of packaging in a positive way is potentially massive but its perception is is negative because people kind of like don't really think about it and that's that's the shift we're having to make and you can only make that in a positive way. Jude I just wanted to pick up on two points there um 
you mention obviously there's the public perception side of things that might influence people coming into the industry but also you touched on the fact that you've got a materials background but necessarily within a material science background people might not see packaging as an as an option within the scientific community do you think that's because the perception of packaging is still very much related to the big brands to design rather than relating back to the kind of technical properties of the materials the functional properties and actually the core value that that has in reducing waste in protecting a product I think you're absolutely right I think there is a um I think it's changing a bit actually because of the the challenges with sustainability and making the kind of like you know the 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 full um life cycle of packaging materials more thought through it is getting it is getting there there is there is more more to it i think i think the reason that people don't really as students of materials then i think it's just one of those things that people don't necessarily see packaging as a career because they can't quite see what the roles are it's not necessarily so obvious and it's not necessarily so well talked about because again I've talked to quite a lot of people who say I was just really lucky because I met this person at this careers fair and they were talk they talked about this and I had no idea that that would be a that would be a potential career and I think these things suit different people um there are really technically challenging roles within within packaging materials and they're they're kind of like you know that's that's a really important part of the materials challenge um and helping people to see that and solve that is you know kind of like an essential thing but one of the things that i think is really important with packaging is the fact that you know the variety of things that you can do and get involved with is is huge um so as a potential career it's brilliant you just need to need to see it the visibility i think it's the visibility more than the kind of like you know, the standing if that makes that makes sense i i think to take it one step back the the higher education and we can talk about the uk because we're here right even though i know that the iom has listeners all over globally and it's going through a bit of a transition right now with where you've got more apprenticeship programs coming in and four-year degree courses with day release and this sort of thing. Certainly that's what we're finding in the mining in the mining field. And Campbell School of Mines has just started its um its apprenticeship mining engineering degree because it stopped for a while. You know, you you take that and you get the apprenticeships and you get the young people coming in and you get different young people coming in because previously what was happening was You'd get a degree in X, but until you had a master's, you weren't going to get a job. So the amount of students that I know now who are going on to do a master's in mining engineering or whatever they decide to do a master's in, because they need that, they feel they need that to have enough qualifications just to get a foot in the door for a decent job. I, I don't know if you're finding that at all with packaging or... So it's, it's less... Um, it's a different challenge with packaging in that um, it's not necessary. You don't have to have that level of, of qualification. Um, the the challenge is is literally about just finding finding the people um, who want to who wants to into the industry. Um, so it's one of the things that I do love about packaging is the fact that there isn't a kind of there isn't a defined route into it. Um, which is both its blessing and its curse, really. You know, there there isn't there isn't a packaging degree in the in the UK. There's an apprenticeship uh, degree at Sheffield Hallam, but but there, I don't know that anybody at the age of eighteen really how likely they are to choose a degree in in packaging. That's part of the part of the challenge because you you know to make that call quite early and to specialise quite early is is tricky. Whereas we, you know, like I, I have a materials uh, background. That's where I kind of came came from, and it it was it was weird enough at the at the time when I went to do a materials degree. Half my friends thought I was doing dressmaking, and um, that's just 
you know, pretty much stayed for stayed the way. Um, um, because it wasn't it wasn't that well known in itself. And then I've kind of like taken it at a level further and gone into packaging, which people would never have thought as a was a kind of like a, a career. So it's not about the qualifications as such. And in some ways, we in packaging you kind of have a good route in because you know you can do a you know you can do a degree in engineering or materials or chemistry or polymer or you know like anything really. Maybe um, maybe the way the way to push it is to do foundation years. And if you could somehow get an extra year, because I did a high tech foundation year before I mm. chose engineering geology, and that mm. would have that gave me a qualification to at the end go into this was at Portsmouth when it was a poly. Oh, the good old days. So that gave me the choice to go into civil engineering, engineering geology, electronics, physics, you know, basically all of the engineering branches. Mm. And it was run by the engineering school and you got to pick and choose. Almost, when, almost when like an finish. arts foundation course, but for yeah, engineering. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I wonder whether that might be a, that, that might be a good, um, a good way to to do it but the the question again the university has to have before they will start a new course they have to have enough um have to candidates have to yeah. yeah to yeah it's yeah bruce um how how are you finding the kind of visibility or public perception issues um that we've already discussed impacting kind of people coming into the mining industry and and based on your experience but also you know you've got a daughter who also works in the sectors well she works in the sector in australia and her entire cohort her entire year of i think 22 graduates from Campbell school of mines a couple of years ago are all working in australia every one of them and that's because australia has a lot of mining and they don't have a lot of mining engineers so it's not for, for mining engineering, it's not a um, it's not a national problem. It's a global problem. Uh, America is the only place where there are a lot of mining engineers being spat out by the universities for mining engineering. And that's what the industry has always needed. But as the industry develops, maybe won't need forever. Maybe they will need planning engineers or or you know specialists in automation or specialists in it or specialists in that so again you're going to the i do my degree in x and then i go and do a master's in my specialization this these are these are life decisions and i think one of the thing when i talk to to students at careers fairs and i've been to a few is you can make a wrong choice it's okay to say i've made a wrong choice and especially with, with something as, as big as a career. And I think the idea of Jude and I are kind of the dinosaurs in the room in so much as, awkward. you know, we <laughs> awkward in so much as we've, um, we started in, in our career and we moved through our career and we've always done the same sort of thing. And I think that the young people are a lot more flexible. I, um, kind of would I agree with that but I would also counter it with the fact that I've spent my entire career doing jobs I didn't know existed um and I've loved every minute for it it's been absolutely absolutely brilliant one of the things that I think is is really important is just getting that um context of the fact that how how much are we trying to get people to make a decision which is like you say it's kind of like you make this decision and that's then your your thing for life versus the reality which is that you make a decision and that's your first step and you know that takes you into into an area and that might be the area that you find that you love and you want to stay there for you know for your entire career working different aspects of it whatever um, or you kind of like go, well, that makes you gives you your first step. You learn a whole load of things, but you decide that that's not for you, and you can move sideways or across. And and that's you. Know, I think that's one of the things that, um, as a dinosaur, thank you very much, that I'm really conscious of when I talk to when I talk to students. So I have the privilege of um, talking to the Starpack uh, student award winners um 
I did it last year, I get to do it again this year. And one of the things that I talk to them about is the fact that actually what what you think is going to be your career, if you kind of like, if you've got a really clear view now, is probably not going to be exactly what you think. It's definitely not a straight line. It's a wiggly line. And you might go, you know, like in a completely different, different tangent. And that's fine. What you're learning, certainly what students that have just come through have learned very, very clearly is that you can pivot and completely change very quickly because they all learned that with COVID, right? They're kind of like, you know, you can pivot, you can make a change, you can do something that you didn't think was possible. Who would have thought that, you know, kind of like home learning for the entire entire population would be would be possible. Um and they've adapted to these things and that's that's what's gonna kind of like set them on their on their way. But whenever I do that and I have those conversations, it's really interesting because the lecturers are always so the, the students love it, they brilliant um the feedback's really positive but the lecturers are really really positive about it because they're like nobody actually tells them this nobody kind of like people come in and they kind of like they talk about careers and they talk about they like you should do this and then you'll do this and then you'll do this and they don't give them the reality of the fact that actually it's a it's a flexible it's a flexible thing and I, that's one of the things that i'd it'd be interesting to understand from from you actually from a mining perspective how flexible that is because from for packaging it is it is pretty flexible and say there are so many different routes in the iom3 does a brilliant um diploma or certificate where you can kind of like hone your knowledge that's exactly what i did when i started in packaging i did the um packaging diploma and that took my materials knowledge and focused it into into packaging so there's all sorts of different different ways um so if you can get people hooked and get people into it, then the flexibility actually is a real positive. And I don't, I don't know whether or not that's the same with mining or whether or not it's much more structured. It does make sense. Um, and, and it's, it is flexible with applied earth sciences. Um, so we say, so because it's not just mining, you know, you've got mining, civil engineering, um, shaft sinking, tunneling, foundations, there's, there's all of these different aspects to it. And I think, yeah, as you say, you come into it um, with a degree in something which gets you into your first position. And then it, it definitely is a wiggle. But it's only a wiggle to a certain point. You know, there's, there's not maybe the, the broader aspects of wiggling involved. Um, I mean, if we take Hannah, for example, you know, the case in point. So she graduated a few years ago. She went, she applied for her Australian working visa. And at least I think that's a visa she applied for. But she was working for a couple of years here in London uh, with the World Gold Council on an internship. And then she's gone over there and she's doing all sorts of different jobs. Is she going to be in five years time still working underground in a mine? I have no idea. I I, I don't know. And, and she doesn't know either. But right now she's just, I think the thing is to make sure students who are freshly graduated just enjoy the journey, you know, because it is a journey. I'm sounding all philosophical now. So I, I completely agree with that. But one of the questions that I'd quite like to kind of like go back to is, so obviously Hannah is, um, you know, your daughter and she's gone into mining and she's obviously had a huge advocate for what the positivity of what that can bring by just you know the opportunities she's had because of your career and the amount of travel and the experiences that she's she's had um what are the things that we can do to try and change the perception so that you kind of like you help people to, to to have that kind of feel because it's the parents and the teachers and the you know have like you know lecturers what they see about about things that you know make make the difference because those are the you know if if as a parent you would go I don't want my sort of son or daughter working in a mine then you're not going to encourage them 
into mining or any of the applied earth sciences, as you, as you say. And that will come from a historical image of what mining is rather than a kind of like a, an understanding of what all of the brilliant potential careers there could be as a result of studying that kind of area. So how do, how do we help to kind of like showcase the careers and the opportunities? Is that something that you know, would would make a difference so that people can, can see it? Because that's one of the things that I think is important from a packaging perspective. Yeah, absolutely. That That, that is a perception in some fields. But I think it's, I mean, the IOM has done the, the support for teaching for the five to 19 education uh, group. And they've been doing that for a long time. And I think there's a lot of work being done, but it, it's a case of just sharing the the knowledge with everybody. And and the, the real people who really make a difference are, are the teachers. That, you know, the teachers these days are uh, overworked and they, if you want them to push um, something, not to push, to to be interested in something external, something different, then they have to do it in their own time. Because even those that are doing STEM sciences, I mean, I, I don't know the current situation, others are much better placed to, to talk about this, but the, um, I'm not even sure whether geology is on the, the syllabus these days. Well, so. that's, that's what I was going to ask. Um, could there be at a base level to get into mining or tunneling or all the other areas of applied earth sciences, could there be better um, promotion and visibility of geology and earth science at a much younger level to, to get that interest early on? Well, you've, you've got outreach. I mean, for example, here in London, you've got the Tideway tunnels and they've, they do a lot of school outreach um, where they're getting people interested in, you know, this is where this is where when you flush the toilet, this is where it used to go and this is where it goes now. And, and so it's a case of having, having society connect the dots. I love that example. That's brilliant. Those are, those are all of the things that really do make a difference, don't they? Cause it's like, yeah, you're bringing it, you're bringing it into a real life, understandable thing for people. And yeah, tunneling is a really important part of making that, making that sewage system work yeah and it's it's very hard to get to figure out where you are to figure out where you want to be which is so this is the the kind of like the social anthropology side of the conversations that you and i always end up end up having because it is it is fascinating and it is the the point of how much do we actually know about what people what people think and what the perceptions are. And there's, you know, kind of like there is research, there's research around. Um, so we have all sorts of research going on about um, the public perception about recycling, for instance. And there's, you know, like, again, there's, there's a lot going on in the packaging world because of the kind of like that, that perception and to try and understand it a bit uh a bit better so that you can you can make the make the changes because society has to try and increase the the recycling rate recycling isn't the only the only answer it's definitely not the kind of like you know the solution to all of the the problems but it's better to do it than to not do it um and so that's kind of like where where that goes on and and i think there's a there's an element of we do need to try and understand what that perception is. But I think there's also a point where you can go, yeah, people will have varying, varying points along the journey of understanding these things. Some people will completely get it. Some people are evangelical about it. Some people don't get it because they haven't thought about it. Other people just, you know, go back uh, you know, no, I don't want to believe that this is happening and I'm, I'm not a cause of it. Um, so there's all sorts of all sorts of people along the, along the route. And, I, and I some people just don't care. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, like that's the, that's the thing. So I think it's useful to understand that and it's useful to understand that spectrum. But it's also, you know, you kind of, you can't, you can't wait to have all of the data of, you can't sort of like go right we're not going to do anything until we've got a complete understanding of 
what the perception is. I think it's enough sometimes to know that there is that spectrum and to go, what we need to do is to keep shifting people along and move move it uh, in a positive, positive way. And that's the that's the point. And I, you know, like the, the theme right from the beginning of this whole conversation is about collaboration, communication, and giving people context. That to me is kind of like what, what it's all about. And the more you can do that as a positive thing, um, and just be part of the part of the conversation and make it accessible to people, the the better, because you you want to make that change. You want to be part of, of making people see that that's an you know it's a positive thing it's an opportunity um i think the important thing and i think you said it earlier on is kind of like you know we need to be broadcasting out to a much wider uh much wider audience than talking to just our own our own group of of people um who are already you know kind of like who are already on board so there's no point in preaching to the choir that's you know they're they're already signed up it's kind of like you know it's actually broadening it out to um uh to the you know the the students and the and the kids coming through which is why outreach is really important because then you can kind of like help them to see that there are those opportunities and they may not take them up but they may be more aware of them and so therefore they're kind of like when their friend says I want to go and do this. They go, oh, cool. Yeah, I've heard about that. That's That sounds like a really good thing. Because that's as important as anything. It's kind of like, you know, your know, parents being aware, your peers being kind of like aware of things. I mean, um, and that's one of the things I love the challenge. <laughs> on that point, <laughs> on, the, on the point of the challenge, obviously young people are very in tune with thinking about sustainability. And, you know, how do you kind of flip the negative perception of these sectors and the impact on sustainability around so that sustainability actually becomes their route into the sector well i I think that's already that's already there in a lot of related um st andrews is doing a course in renewable everybody's changing their graduate courses and their master's courses and they're still doing the same things, but they're changing the name and changing the, the spin on it. Um, but there is there is a lot of being, work being done on it. I, I think one of the things from uh, from my perspective is actually just championing, championing the people who are doing it, because what what you're you're absolutely right. You know, kind of like young. This makes me sound horrifically old, um, but uh, but young young people are really inspired by making sustainable choices and making a difference in uh, you know, kind of like in a really positive positive way. Um, and actually, yeah, that's that is the thing we've we've created a monster that they have to solve really, um, and so. Being being able to really kind of like use what what they're doing to showcase to other people um, and encourage more kind of like change into the industry is is what we need to do. So you know, kind of like I I talk to um, a, a, a whole load of, of graduate recent graduates um, and um, and one of them was. I like what he's done in the last, you know, kind of like four or five years blows away a lot of what I did in my entire career. It's amazing. I mean, he's originally from the Philippines. And I was like, well, so what got you into this? It's like, it's real for us. You see it every day. You know, so one of the one of the challenges is that when you look at kind of like the pollution issues that are going on so let's look at you know packaging as part of that pollution problem you know there are parts of the world where it's so so visible and they are really really affected by it and they're really kind of like the young people are really part of making that change and in the uk you you know like people are aware of these things they they but they don't necessarily see it in the same in the same way you know it's kind of like he was like we have a typhoon and it washes all of this um plastic out into onto our beaches and you, you kind of like you you can't get away from knowing that that's a problem um whereas 
you know, we go, oh, it's so annoying when there's, there's some old bottles in the kind of like, you know, the stream. And it's, you know, it's a different scale of, of thing. So you are seeing kind of like people coming through who, who are doing amazing, amazing things. Um, and one of the things I have is, you know, we need to champion that. We also need to be kind of like aware of the fact that they are going to be the ones solving the solving the problem. So how do we how do we really kind of like not be the kind of you know the old dinosaurs going, well, so we've tried that before and it didn't work. Um, and going I'm like actually that's brilliant what you're trying to do how do we help make sure that what you're doing isn't going to create an unintended consequence because let's face it some of the things that we've done as solutions you now need to find a solution for that solution um and you know it's working working with them um to to get to a to get to a better place but showcasing what people are doing and the opportunities that they they are really having to make a change so you know you see it you see it with all sorts of things of you know like the more positively you can go like these are the people now making a difference in kind of like uh, an area that you can also work in we're doing a um a future trailblazers award in conjunction with um packaging innovation and it's about looking for people who are in that first kind of like 10 years of their career um that are making a difference that kind of like start you know they're they're really showing that potential to blaze blaze the trail and part of the reason is to really kind of like applaud people who are who are doing great things but also it's going kind of like well let's applaud them and show show them to other people so that they can really kind of like see the see so the they can so they can inspire others yeah exactly exactly yeah. you've got to inspire people and yeah. I, I think you're right you just just briefly the last last point i think you briefly touched on the global south and the global north and there's so much good stuff coming out of the south there's so many, and it, it's such a uh, a young demographic that really that, hugely yeah. inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on that, Bruce, um, there are obviously a lot of people doing a lot of good work around environmental, social, and governance and mining, responsible mining. Are those role like like um, Jude mentioned for the packaging industry? Are those people that could be role models? Yeah, and I think they are there. The the difficulty is they're all doing their job and talking about their job, but it's a case of as I as as we said, getting the information that they're sharing outside of their silo, silo really spreading it wide. So thank you both for for um, your interesting kind of observations on both your sectors. I guess to close, I'd really love to know about what you love about your respective industries and, and how you think the packaging and mining industry might collaborate in the future. Well, we're going to collaborate today by going out to lunch, um, <laughs> which is a good start. I think, I don't know how Applied Earth Sciences will collaborate with the packaging, um, but I think the point is, just by knowing each other, we can have conversations. And when something that is of interest to the other person comes up, we can share that information. And hopefully by me sharing stuff with Jude, she will pass it on to others within her group. And when she shares stuff with me, vice versa. So I think it's a very um, uh, organic sort of a development of the relationship. If um, anything, but... you can promote your respective sectors to, um to people that you know. Yeah, especially with things like problem solving. So, you know, if Jude comes up with something about how she solves a certain problem, because as, as we hopefully have sort of highlighted a little bit over the time that we've been speaking, um, you know, there are, there are similar, we have similar issues in both industries. And so if she can come up with a solution to one thing and say, hey, this is, you know, we're looking at this problem in this way, I can share that with my with my silo of of friends. Um, but what do I love about about my job? Just to just to close out on that, um, I love the fact that there's been lots of travel. Uh, I love the fact that um, 
that you work with an interesting group of people and that it's all about problem solving. In the end, you know, you've, you've got to, to do something. You've got to get a result. You've got to get the ore out the ground. You've got to build the tunnel. And having a, a, a focused goal is a very, um, it's very rewarding. I absolutely love the fact that packaging has a massive hidden impact. Um, I think the, the kind of like the benefits of it are huge um, and we need to change that hidden impact into something more um, more understood and more visible. I, what I've always loved about packaging is the rich variety of materials that I get to uh, I get to get involved with. Um, it's one of the things that is a real uh, joy about the um, the industry, um, and I'm particularly I'm particularly conscious of the fact that you know like people talk about plastic packaging, and that's you know like that's thing. It's it's definitely not the only material. Um, uh, there are other materials. A plastic in itself is is not bad. You know, one of the things that I would say is it's incredibly uh, friendly, collaborative, welcoming, and um, and that's. That's brilliant. One of the things that we've seen in the last couple of years since I've been involved in the um, in the packaging group is the collaboration, both within the packaging industry, but also up and down the value chain, which, you know, like the whole the whole thing about driving change is understanding different people's points of points of view. And it's no there's no point in just making a change that works for you. You've got to think about how that impacts up the chain, down the chain, and the collaboration is brilliant. And because packaging is fast moving, relatively, you, know, you can make an impact quite quickly um, and you can learn from that. And so, so for me, to Bruce's point, feeding that check, that learning back into some of the other sectors of, of industry that we work with, mining including, is really important. And what I can learn from other people in those other sectors going, ah, oh, so we have this challenge and this is how we approach it, um, is, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And that indeed is a core strength of IM3. Thank you both for such an engaging conversation between two very diverse sectors. information about us visit iom3.org or to keep up to date with our latest news follow us on social media using at iom3 on twitter and at the institute of materials minerals and mining on linkedin if you're interested in our upcoming podcasts or want to get involved please subscribe to hear more from us through apple google podcasts or spotify